Well, good morning, countryside. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? I'd like to welcome everyone that's watching live right now. And the ladies at the Pinellas County Jail, we love you. You're part of our family. We want you to feel welcome. Last week, I'm so grateful for a congregation that sees a disaster that happens and then responds. You know, you didn't have any warning that we're gonna receive an offering. Don't come, we didn't say come prepared. We just shared the need. We're in partnership with an organization called the Con Convoy of Hope, and we're in really tight partnership with them. I know their leadership well, and they are on the front lines of ministry. They're one of the first groups of people that were able to get on the grounds of the Bahamas. And last week, just us coming together and all doing our part, we raised nearly $18,000 to help the people of the Bahamas. So I want you to hear just this real quick update from Convoy of Hope and what they have to say about the Bahamas right now. Hi, this is Hal Donaldson of Convoy of Hope. And with your help, we are aggressively responding to the disaster in the Bahamas. Immediately after Hurricane Dorian hit, I want you to know we had relief workers on the ground and containers filled with food, water filters, and emergency supplies. Friends, I want you to know this is an urgent situation. I've been to disasters all over the world, and this is one of the hardest hit I've ever seen. We, we were one of the few organizations who were given permission to fly loads of emergency supplies right into the hardest hit areas, and thus far we've delivered 30 plane loads. That means to date we have distributed more than 100,000 meals, along with clean water, tarps, ready-to-eat food items, hygiene kits, diapers, generators, and more. But please understand, this is just the beginning. In disasters like this, dehydration and disease become major concerns. But with your help, you can count on us to be there in the Bahamas over the long haul. Long after the news cameras have stopped rolling, we're going to be there meeting needs and helping people put their lives back together. So thank you so much for your trust and your support. Thank you for your compassion and your love for the people of the Bahamas. You know, does the Convoy of Hope, they're gonna be there long-term. They're not there blowing in, blowing out. They're gonna be there because this disaster is absolutely horrendous. And I wanna let you know we're gonna to continue to give and to sow seed. So if you wanna go on the app, there's a tab on the Give Now um, portion that you click down, there's a tab that comes down that says disaster relief. Or if you ever given the offering, just put hurricane relief. Everything that comes in is gonna go to help the people of the Bahamas. Don't stop praying for them though. Right now is when it really starts happening. This is when disease, this is when their dehydration, all the different things that are going on. So let's continue to pray for them. Amen? You ready to get into God's word today? Father, anoint this word. Anoint our ears to hear. Father, we won't, don't wanna be the same but we wanna be led by your spirit and we wanna engage in the battle that you called us to be in. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna encourage you to follow along in your notes. This is week one of a series called The Unseen World. And this week we're gonna be talking about spiritual warfare. What it is, what God has given us, our armor, and the different things that we need to understand about the battle that we're in. So many Christians, they walk around defeated they walk around depressed and discouraged and all these things. That's right where the enemy wants you to be. But God has given us his strength, his power, and the tool of his word to overcome whatever we're going through in Jesus' name. We're going to talk about that today. Next week, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, some people are like, oh, the Holy Spirit. Churches don't even want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Is it going to get weird in here, Pastor Glenn? 
If you could bring the snakes down right now, I'd like for you. No, it's not going to get weird in here. Come on. But Jesus came in and gave the comforter. That's who he left behind. There's so much power. There's so much direction. There's so much peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. There's such authority given to us by the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that. Week three, we're going to talk about Satan and his demons, the assignment that they're on. But it's nothing we need to be scared. Don't fear. Fear not. God's with us. Demon, come on. Bring them on. You know, I know as I'm starting this series, I'm putting myself on the front line. And I know the enemy's going to try to attack. So I ask you right at the beginning, please hold me up in prayer. But right now, I'm excited. I know Satan's going to come, but I'm ready. I got Jesus on my side. Let's go. Come on. That's the attitude we all need to have in the battle that we're in. Week four, we're going to talk about angels. It's going to be an exciting series. It's going to help you to understand the spiritual realm in a deeper way. It's a subject that a lot of people stay away from. Some churches, they're all in with it. Some churches and some people, they think everything is an attack from Satan. There's Satan under every bush. Oh, look out, that's the devil, that's the devil. Well, it's not always the devil. You know, when you fail a test because you didn't study for the test, that's not the devil. It's not. You, you didn't have a wreck because of the devil. You had a wreck because you were texting and driving. That's, that's not the devil. Um, you're not broke because of the devil. You're broke because you get your nails did. Yes and amen. You go shopping. Yes and amen. You overspend. Yes and amen. You whip out that credit card. Yes and amen. Come on. But what's sad is so many churches in today's culture, they don't talk about it at all. It's almost like they're scared to stir something up. What's going to happen? And what we're going to be talking about, I want you to know, there's not going to be a lot of personal stories. There's not going to be a lot of opinion. We're going to look directly at what the Word of God has to say about these subjects, about the spiritual realm, about the unseen world. It's not going to be about, this is what I think. I'm going to be preaching what the truth of God's Word is. How many believe that this truth, this is absolute truth, this word? Do you believe that? It's not a, it's not a word where we can just kind of ignore different parts. We're going to dive in, we're going to look, and we're going to see exactly what God has to say about the unseen world. First, or 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. It says, For though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. So many of us get caught up in conflict. That's my battle. Your real battle is not with your crazy boss. That's not where the battle really is. Your battle is not with politics, whether you're Democrat or Republican. So many people are consumed. That's all they think about. That's not the battle. The, ultimately, the battle is in the spirit realm. Your battle's not with your family member that's a little bit off. It's not with your next door neighbor that gets mad at you and blows their leaves on your yard. That's not where the battle is. We get so caught up in these little things, these little stupid worldly things that don't mean anything ultimately in the spirit realm. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God 
that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now this is where it's important. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. The battle's real. In your notes, what you see here is not all there is. So many people, they're just focused on the now. They're focused on what's in front of them. They're focused on the car. They're focused on the job. They're focused on the money. They're focused on the problems, the conflicts, the discouragement, anxiety, depression. They're focused on all these things. But there's so much more than what you see. There is a spiritual realm even now where there's a battle that's going on. There's always been a battle between lightness and dark. And I want you to know that light will always overcome dark. So many people, they walk around fearful, wondering, oh, am I gonna make it? Am I gonna survive? Am I gonna overcome? Absolutely, because you carry the light of Jesus Christ. Light will always overcome evil and darkness. Walk in that confidence. In your notes, first point, you are not alone in your battles. You see, that's what the enemy wants us to feel, that we're all alone, wants us to feel isolated, wants us to close the blinds in our house, wants us to stay in our bedroom and sleep and not wake up and do the things we need to do because we feel there's no one around us that really cares. I want you to know something. There are people all around you that care. That's what I love about this church. This is a caring church. There are people that are around you that are gonna stand with you. You're not alone in this battle physically, but you're not in this battle alone spiritually as well. You know, we look at the story in 2 Kings chapter six, where Elisha, they were in a battle, the Israelites against King Aram, and, and it looked hopeless. The servant Elisha looked out, and all he could see were all the people that were gonna conquer their tribe, that are gonna win this battle. But Elijah had confidence he could see the spirit realm and prayed that God would open the eyes of his servant. And that's where we look at 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out the next morning, an army with the horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what should I do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open the eyes that they may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he, see, he saw the hills that were filled with horses and chariots of fire all around. For so many of us, we look around, it seems like we're so surrounded by problems. We're so surrounded by the attacks. We're consumed with the attacks of the enemy. And it may look like we're surrounded but guess what? We are surrounded. We are surrounded by him. We're surrounded by his angels. We're surrounded by the spirit of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. It may look horrible in front of us, but open your spiritual eyes and know that God has gone before us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Have the confidence to know you are surrounded. You're not alone. God's with you and he's for you. Number, number two in your notes. We need to understand that your prayers are far more powerful than you know. So many people, they just, they just stop praying. They just, well, 
God didn't answer my prayer. I guess he doesn't care. Let me tell you, there is power in your prayers. There is a spiritual authority that God has given you in Jesus' name. Whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. We need to begin to pray. We need to seek the face of God. Take the authority that he's given us and pray with authority. Don't pray in fear. Pray in authority, knowing what God has given us, knowing what God wants to do in you and through you. We see in the Old Testament where Daniel, Daniel prayed three times a day faithfully, but just like with all of us, there were times that Daniel's prayers weren't answered. Do you ever feel discouraged? Like, God, do you even hear what I'm saying? God, am I praying on deaf ears? God, are you hearing my prayers? I'm praying over and over, and inside we want to give up. But I want to tell you, Daniel never gave up. Daniel chapter 10, starting in verse 12. It says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before the Lord, your requests have been heard in heaven. I have come to answer your prayers. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here, the messenger, the angel. He said, I am here now to explain that this will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Maybe the prayers that you're praying, the time has not yet come. Maybe that spouse that you've been praying for, it's just not the right time. And as you're diving low, I just need her, and you're gonna end up marrying the wrong person. Let me tell you, I'd, be, I'd rather be single the rest of my life than marry the wrong person. I have people that marry the wrong person in my office like every week, I marry the wrong person. No, when you wait on the Lord, he'll renew your strength. Wait on the Lord, trust in the Lord. The waiting part, that's what gives you perseverance. That's where the trust comes in. You wait on the Lord and trust God. I'm gonna continue to pray. I'm gonna continue to seek your face. I'm gonna continue to delight in you because if I delight in you, you'll give me the desires of my heart. Understand God knows you better than you know yourself. If I would've got all the stuff that God, that I was praying, God, give me this, give me that. When I'm 15 years old, oh God, give me that girl. I'd love to marry her. If I'd have married her, my life would be trash. I wouldn't have this one. I got this one. I know a lot of you are like, how did you get this one? I waited on the Lord. God brought her along at the right time. That's how I did. But in any circumstance, any situation, pray without ceasing. Pray with authority and trust God that he's gonna take care of you in due time. But we're in a battle. In your notes, what does the devil do? The devil is working. He's the God of this world. He's using the tools that this world has to offer to try to bring us down, to try to deceive us, but we're in a spiritual battle that we're gonna win. Can you say amen? First thing that the devil does, he blinds the minds of unbelievers. He blinds the minds of unbelievers. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four, it says, the God of this age, the devil, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. He blinds them. I see people that come to church, they were invited, they don't know the Lord. Within 10 minutes, you know, they're thinking about, man, I can't wait to get that new Popeye sandwich at Popeye's, you know. 
And I know, I'm looking at them, and they're just looking over, and I, I just see Popeye's sandwich on the side of their head, you know, it's, it's glaring at me. Have you ever been in church, and you're like, man, I want to go, and then right, right away, within 10 minutes, you're thinking, man, the Bucks, I, should, I hope they win today. Man, I, you know, I, I can't wait. We got to get out of here to the salad bar while it's still crisp. You know, there's all these things. Guess who's trying to blind your mind and blind your eyes from seeing spiritually from seeing God open the doors of your heart so that you can learn, so that you can grow, so that you can become more discipled? It's the devil. The devil wants to hold us back and he wants to use his tools to blind our eyes from focusing on God. How many times do you go down and pray? You're like, Lord, I just thank you for this great day. I take authority over the enemy right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> Don't pray at one o'clock in the morning. You know, get up, pray when you're awake, pray focus, pray intentionally, write down things that you want to pray about, pray with boldness, know that your prayers are making a difference. Think about when you had the most passion, the most zeal for God, the time you felt closest to God in your entire life. What's taking you from that? Where are you now? You don't have the same zeal for prayer that you, maybe you once had. Maybe God's part of your life, but he's not the center of your life. What happened? You know, maybe you used to invite so many people to church and invite people to know Jesus, and you stopped witnessing, you stopped sharing. Why, why did that happen? Why? Because Satan wants to blind our eyes and to make us feel like we are doing nothing good. Don't allow the enemy to do that. Number two, what does Satan do? He steals God's word from you. He steals God's word from you. Matthew chapter 13, verse 19 says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So often we leave, we have a message in our heart. God gives us a scripture. How many have been given a scripture by God in the middle of a season, in the middle of the valley, where you're like, that word was for me? How many have had that? And then over time, the enemy wants to go, that, that wasn't God. That was happenstance. That wasn't real. Come on, really? You think you're talking to God? God's big, he created the world, like he's got time to listen to you? Really? And that's what he wants to do. And in that, he wants to steal. He wants to rob you. He wants to rob you from the word. The Bible says to hide God's word in our heart, to meditate on the word, to know the word. So many people, they don't know the word of God. So many Christians don't know the word. And they just go with John 3.16 and they say, I'm good. There's more to the word of God than John 3, 16. And I love that verse. It's one of my top verses. But we've got to know the word. We've got to know the authority that we have in the word of God, in our lives, in our relationships, with our family, with our friends, in our circumstances. But the enemy will do anything he can to steal the word of God out of your heart. The next one in your notes. He sets traps to ensnare you. The devil, he wants to ensnare you. He wants you to be paralyzed. He wants you to be useless. For, uh, Timothy chapter two, verse 26, it says, and they will come to their sentence and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his, his will. You know, maybe you say, honey, let's start praying together. And you started praying together, started reading God's word together, and then all hell breaks loose in your marriage. Where does that come from? It's an attack against you in your marriage. You say, 
God, I'm going to start getting up early. I'm going to get up a half hour early. I'm going to do warfare. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to get into your word. And then you wake up a half hour early, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. You ever had that? I do. I'm like, oh man. As I've gotten past 50, it's like every day. It's like, whoa, wow, tired. And it's an excuse. And the enemy knows our weaknesses. You may be weak in an area that I'm strong, but I'm weak in an area that you're, I'm, that you're strong, and the enemy knows just what to do to trick you, to trap you, to accuse you, to cause you to fall. He wants to ensnare you in the lies. He wants to ensnare you with the sin, the secret sin, the things that only God knows. He knows every one of our weaknesses, and he's on attack to hit you right where you don't want to be hit. But it's up to us to understand when those temptations come, and they're going to come, when those attacks come, it's not the time to go, oh, poor me. That's the time you stand up. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. No. Let me tell you, that's where you, no. 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 You have to know, when you know where the attacks come from, you know the temptations that are coming, when those weak areas are being hit, don't look around and say, oh, God, I'm just so weak. No, you're not weak. You are strong and courageous in Jesus' name. And you need to call it for what it is, saying you are a liar. You're under my feet. And then what you need to do is get away from the temptations, the darkness, put on some worship, and just invite the presence of God right there, you and God, into that circumstance, into that moment. Next one in your notes. Satan fights to stop you. How we're going to be most ineffective for God is to be stopped. How we're going to stop growing, that's right, right where he wants us to be. Frozen, paralyzed, stopped. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. It says, for we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did, and again and again, but Satan stopped us. He wants to blind your mind. He wants to steal God's truth. He wants to set up traps. He wants to stop you from moving forward in what God's called you to do. You know what? Maybe you signed up and put in a card where you want to be a worker in the children's church. And after a week, nobody's called you. You know what? Well, forget it. No, you know what you need to do? Call them. Call them. You, you know, come in. Ah, oh, they're singing that. It is well song. No. Maybe it's not the song choice that you want, but what you need to do, enter in. Enter in. You want to grow? Then start feeding yourself. Stop coming to church thinking this is the spiritual trough where you're going to be spoon-fed by Pastor Glenn. How you're going to grow? How you're going to overcome is you get up and you're hungry, feed yourself. You're discouraged, seek the face of God. You're an overcomer in Jesus' name. Walk in the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, dwells in me. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And ultimately what Satan wants to do, he wants to destroy you. He hates you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. You look at Job and the life of Job. 
lost everything, lost his kids in a tornado, lost his health. He was near death in such pain. So we look at our lives. Let me tell you, Job times our situation times a million. And instead of saying, oh, devil, you win. Here, just, I'm just going to die. I'm going to crawl up in the corner with all these boils and die. Woe is me. You know what Job did? said to God, you can slay me, but I will trust you. You can kill me. Satan, you can kill me, but I'm going to trust God. We need to walk in the understanding to know that God knows best for us, that God's in front of us. He's making our path straight. And we got to say, God, no matter what our circumstances look like, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Verse Peter chapter five, verse eight, it says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone that he can devour. It's not the time to be feeble. It's not the time to walk around and say, well, come on, chew on my arm, devil. No, it's the time to stand up strong, understand the authority that you have in Jesus Christ, understand the battle that we're in, and understand that we are going to win, and we are going to win in Jesus' name, every single one of us. All of us are overcomers in Jesus' name. But let's look in closing at the spiritual battle. What does the word have to say about the actual battle, about our armor? What does it do? What does it mean? A lot of Christians, they don't even understand what their spiritual battle is, let alone the different components that's going to make them stronger and their faith stronger to overcome. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in 13, says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you are able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. I'm going to stop right there. After you've done everything that you can do, that's not the time to run away. That's not the time to cower. That's not the time to be depressed. That's not the time to get discouraged. That's the time to stand firm on the Word of God and what God says. Stand firm. And with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. All the accusations. Put up the shield of faith. When they say, but you've done this, you've done that, you're too bad, you're no good, you're too bad of a sinner, bam, put up your shield of faith. Because what the enemy says, he's a liar. God doesn't look at you and say, oh, this wretched sinner. He looks at you and he says, they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When those arrows come, and they're going to come every day, just know that. I know a lot of people like to live in the la-la land, you know, with rainbows and unicorns. That's great. <laughs> Elaine loves that. She loves that. She just loves that. But when the arrows come, you've got to stand in faith and block every one of them. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and prayer requests. A lot of you feel like, God, has he got too much? With all these people in the world, I don't want to burden him with my requests, my prayers. It's not a burden. He delights in your prayers. He delights 
in your requests. He's listening with a keen ear, and he longs to hear your voice crying out to him. With this in mind, be alert, and always be praying for the saints. Be alert. Wake up knowing this is a day, and there's going to be attacks. When the attacks come, be alert. Understand where they're coming from, and then put the enemy where he belongs. Look forward, look forward in strength. Be alert when the attacks come. When you are alert and you're aware, it makes a whole different way of living very intentionally and walking in the Spirit of God. So let's look at these components that God has given us in the spiritual warfare and in the spiritual armor. We're gonna start with the helmet of salvation. Let's just be clear. We're not saved because we're good. We're not saved because we're righteous. You're not good. We're not righteous. You're not saved because of your works. You're only saved by the grace of God through faith in his son Jesus, who sacrificed himself, who shed his blood, who purchased you with a price, who loves you, who gave his life for you and me. When you know that, your mind is protected. When you know that, you're secure in Christ and you recognize that nothing that enemy can do to snatch you out of the hand of God in your life because you're wearing your helmet of salvation. You have to understand what salvation is. You have to understand who you are because of what God did in you. It's not anything that we've done. It's all what he did. And because of his grace, we are strong and courageous. The breastplate of righteousness. Scripture says that our heart is deceitful among all things. Your heart will lie to you. Your heart will lead you to unrighteousness. But the breastplate of righteousness protects your deceitful soul, your heart. You're not righteous because you're good. Scripture says that none of us are righteous. Not one person is righteous. Our best attempt at righteousness is like filthy garments, filthy rags before God. But because he put on us the breastplate of righteousness, when he sees us, he sees righteousness. When he sees us, he sees someone that's justified, someone that's just as if they've never sinned. He sees your life. He sees your good. He sees your faith. He doesn't look at you and see your sin. The breastplate of righteousness. Wear it. Wear it with strength. Wear it with power. Your shield of faith. I don't believe the accusations from the evil one because I believe who I am. Christ says that I am. He says that I'm blessed coming and going. He says that I'm the head and I'm not the tail. He says that I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. That's the shield. Walk in confidence. You are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the words of your testimony. Every single one of you have the words of your testimony. Say them. Say them to people. Share your testimony. Share what God has done in you. And look what it will do with your faith. It will grow. It will build. And it will be stronger than it's ever been. The belt of truth. It's the belt of truth that sets you free. Satan is the father of lies. He's the deceiver. But when we are, belts are buckled with the truth of who God is and who God says we are, we're not going to walk around with our pants down. We're going to walk around with our pants up based on the truth of God's word. The shoes of the gospel of peace. Your feet are planted in the peace of God. And when he looks at you 
in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the times of crisis, in the middle of the loss, in the middle of the tragedy, in the middle of the times you have lack and you have nothing and you feel all alone, for some reason, when you're wearing the shoes of the gospel of peace, when everyone else is going crazy, everyone else is on psychotic medicine, everyone else is losing their mind, somehow as Christians, we have peace. Hold on to the peace. Understand what God's word says about your circumstance. What it will do is it will give you peace. He's the prince of peace. And he offers that great peace to all of us. In a world with such torment and turmoil, we can walk knowing who we are in Christ and understanding what perfect peace is. The sword of the spirit, it's our offensive weapon. It's understanding God's word. It's learning God's word. It's internalizing God's word. When you have that, then you have an offensive weapon that you can fight the enemy with. You see, there's nothing on the back. But what we need on the back, we need to cover each other with our prayers. We need to look after each other. You know, at the end of service, we always have a bunch of people up here that are our prayer team. You're not alone. Come up and ask for prayer because there's power in agreement. There's powers that are happening on your behalf as you pray. Jesus was tempted over and over by Satan. And he didn't just yell at him. He didn't get mad and say, you know, you're jerk. I hate you. You know what he said? He said, as it is written. And he began to quote scripture. As it is written. And he quoted another scripture. And eventually what happened? The devil fled from Jesus. When you're under attack, know the word. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I delight myself in God. And he's given me the desires of my heart. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto me. Know the word. Fight with the word. Last point in your notes. We do not fight for victory, we fight from victory. As believers, we fight for, from victory. We've already won. The battle has been won. Jesus defeated the foe. It's won. John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, you dear children are from God and I have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. Understand that. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. When you begin to understand your, your armor, you begin to understand who you are in Christ, you begin to hide God's word in your heart, you understand it, you believe it, your faith is gonna be stronger, your confidence is gonna be stronger. When you're in the middle of an attack, you're gonna be stronger, you're gonna have more faith. Last night, I had three quarters at the Gator game where I was in a battle. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this team? Come on! What's going on? And then the fourth quarter came, and I got peace. A couple of big plays, got a little more peace. And I want you to know that, honestly, that had nothing to do with the Spirit of God. I'm just making that up. But I'll tell you this. When you begin to engage in who you are as a Christian, you begin to understand the spiritual battle that we're in. It's going to change your entire way of living, your entire way of thinking, your entire way of processing the way that you talk with people, the way that you walk out when you're under attack, you're gonna know it 
And then you're going to have the peace and the strength to overcome that attack. I have confidence in you, church. God wants to hold us back. Believe me, God wants to defeat countryside. He doesn't like, last week, 126 people got saved. You think the devil's looking at that like, oh, that's, look at that hand. Oh, that's nice. That's good. No, he's like, it incenses him. But guess what? Satan get more incensed because we're not stopping now. We're just getting started. And together, we're going to make a difference in Clearwater, the Tampa Bay area, the United States of America, and the entire world. Look at what we're doing in the Bahamas right now. Look at what we're going to be doing in Nicaragua here in just a few months. Look at what we're going to be doing around the world because of us coming together, understanding that the battle's real, but understanding that the battle has been won in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, thank you for this word. Let it go deep into our hearts, I pray today. With every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. I want you just to think in your heart of where you are. Are you on the outside looking in? Are you entering into that prayer life that God has for you as a believer? Do you have that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ that he so desperately wants to have with you? Have you opened the door? Have you given your life to him? Is he the center of your life? Because today, everything can change in a moment right here and right now. Right here and right now, your entire eternity can change. The way you live your life can change. To understand the relationship that's real, that's powerful, that's yours, that's individual, that God wants to have with you, when you understand that and you receive it, nothing is going to be the same again. It's by faith that we're, it's by faith that we're saved. Through grace, it's a gift. But a gift has to be received. A gift has to be opened or it just sits there in a box. Here's the gift. I want to ask you, do you receive that gift today? When I count to three, I'm going to ask you, if you've never received this gift or maybe you've walked away, God's, his arms are extended to you saying, I love you. I've got a plan for your life. Man, I'm for you. If I'm for you, who can be against you? And you want to receive that gift today. When I count to three, I'm, I want you just to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. But I believe in this moment, your life will change forever because of this decision. One, two, three. Will you raise your hand if that's you? Hands are going up. God bless you. I see your hand in yours. Raise it up high so I can see it. God bless you. I see your hand in yours. See your hand over here. See your hand in the middle. God bless you. Coming over to the center aisle. I see hands up there. People putting both their hands up. Now's the time. A whole row over there. God bless you. I see your hand and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours. I see your hands over here. God bless you, sir. This is your, I see your hand way up top. This is your moment. I see your hand, girls. God bless you. I see your hand over here. Anyone else that want to be included in this prayer before we close today? Let's all pray together for the sake of all those that raise their hand. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the gift of salvation. I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose on the third day. Forgive me, I pray, of my sins. Today, I accept you, my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my very best friend in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering that he's worthy of. 
I want to encourage you. This series is going to be outstanding. It's something that you really need to reach out to people that you know, your friends, your neighbor, family members. It's going to be good. God bless you, church. I love you so much. Amen. Would you stand to receive your blessing for the week? Prayer team, would you please come to the front? And before you leave, if you'd like prayer for any reason, especially if you raised your hand to receive Christ, come up and speak to one of our prayer team members. We'd like to pray with you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful Sunday, everyone.